Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block streaming on Facebook Live, where we proudly share with you diverse opinions on current events and issues from some of the best and brightest, whose worldviews range from more conservative to quite libertarian. Good afternoon, folks. Good afternoon again, everyone. Hello, hello. Hey, everyone. Okay, and number five will probably be here in a few moments. Actually, here he is right now in the form of a feline. Good afternoon, Ed. Hey, hey, Ed Powell. All right, he's trying to get his act together. I got a whole <laughs> bunch of stories that I want to talk about. It's um, the not such an important story, but I want to get it off my mind with Sununu's roasting of Donald Trump using Will Smith lingo. Um, anybody else disturbed by that? I don't even know what you're talking about. I've, I've missed this. Okay. Chris Sununu spoke at the Gridiron Dinner in Washington, I believe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I forget when, and basically said, Trump's not crazy. He's effing crazy. And went on like that and didn't say mm -hmm. effing. And then of course, the next day he said he was joking. Um, I'm glad I'm not from New Hampshire because it embarrasses me that any governor would even talk that way forgetting MAGA, not MAGA. So does anybody agree with me that that's beneath any governor to talk that way? Yes, 100%. Okay, we got one. Can't, can't, can't disagree. It'd be nice to have some, uh, some civility, if you will, or at least, at least class. Is really civility? Cla cla class is, the, is probably the better word. Class, yes, yeah, class. Like, class, yeah. Is there nothing left of human dignity? I get it if you're angry. Um, but just to joke around like that, mm -hmm. I think we've well, lost. I'll take the opposite side, Steve. I, Go for it. I, I think I don't view Trump as the enemy, but if we were talking about the enemy, I don't think they deserve the, the slightest amount of civility, politeness, anything. Not uh, because they deserve it, because human beings should not be talking like that in public. But, but I think, I when, think when you're part of the problem. I agree. I think that's part of the problem with the Republicans generally. They play by one set of rules and allow the Democrats to play by another set of rules. Um, Democrats don't talk like that in public either. When's the I mean, last time a Democrat made a speech and used that word? All the ones that have been on these award shows. <laughs> Not the all ones who do award shows, making political speeches. Hey, listen, I'm all for going Alinsky on them, but I think when you are a governor of a state and you're you're holding a high office like that, you should act with a little bit more class. But the irony of it is Trump contributed to the degradation of all this stuff. So I don't think so. Trump used that word publicly. Uh, no, I don't recall him using he it. Just, he just used a word. He did. But, he just used a word know. at the South Carolina rally. He did very recently. Mm -hmm. um, I'm an old fuddy-duddy. I think it diminishes you as a person to speak mm -hmm. like that in public. And even more so when you're representing a state where people you know, run the gamut, I don't know how you could be taken seriously. Maybe I'm just old. Well, there's that. You've got dignity. You've got dignity, sir. Effing old. <laughs> but I think he was, I think when Trump used it, if I remember correctly, it's coming back to me. It was referring to John Kerry and climate change and talking about the water rising like a 10th of an inch over the next hundred years or something like that. I believe that's where he used that that word. I, just, I think it's the overall um, devolving of civilization when people talk like that publicly. I don't know what we're teaching kids. I don't know what we're teaching anybody. 
So where, where, where did the Will Smith stuff come in? That's what Will Smith did. I mean, Will Smith. Oh, did just like yelling, slap. yelling out. Don't I'm focused on, on the slap. No, no. And, and I just I think it's the same thing. Now, I don't necessarily expect the same thing of Will Smith as a governor. I just think it shows yeah. what you are as a human being in control of your own um, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take a moderate of- position since I'm the moderate on the panel. Self, <laughs> self-described, okay. Like a Trotskyite. Uh, yeah, of course, we shouldn't use foul language in our public discourse, except very, very occasionally uh, when such language is required by the circumstance. This obviously wasn't that circumstance, but um, there are occasions when I think, uh, few occasions, mind you, not every day, when um, you need to startle your audience and, and vulgarity uh, is an appropriate way. I know uh, Gina is not agreeing. With it. See, no, not way, at all. And, not, not in the slightest. There's, I don't totally disagree with you. And I also don't totally disagree with you. It's a hot mic thing. I just think it's so classless that you need to be really careful about it because what it says about you and there are well, people in your state who are going to be offended by it. Why do it? Go Gina. Well, see, that's, that's the reason a lot do it. So for example, my sister-in-law, which I doubt she's watching this, but even if she is watching this, um, she uses a lot of words because she's a life coach or whatever. And they teach them like as these life coaches to use like, hey, you're a bad B or blank that, you know, go do live your life. Do you to like be these inflection moments or these big pause moments to catch people's attention and all that kind of stuff where I think it makes her sound like absolute trash, like her and her opinion are like, oh no, it's how we get people's attention. And ugh. yeah. So I don't, I think that's always going to be a differing opinion because I think you can get any point across without the vulgarity that you want. If you use your words, just me. I don't think we disagree all that much across the spectrum. I just had to say it out there because Liberty Block is a New Hampshire thing. You know, it's funny. <laughs> Sorry. So there's a, a small radio show, show called Life with Liz, and I've been on it a couple of times in, in New Hampshire. I'm supposed to go on it, I think, next week as well. Very sweet lady. I think she's a Texan by, uh, by birth. And about four weeks ago, she sends me a messenger message, something about I shouldn't be talking about people who use the F word a lot, considering how much I use it. So I was like, okay, maybe she's like got my webcam hacked or something because I don't use that word in public. And I just forgot about it. And then a day later, it's, it seems that she was sending that to another member of my family who will not be named, to which it made a lot more sense. And I got a great chuckle out of it, but I don't know why she had never heard me use the word. And I've cautioned my own family that if you use it too often, I think people take you less seriously. And if you save it for once in a while, yes, it does have impact whether you should use it for that or not. Anyway, speaking of four letter words that have a U for the second and a K for the fourth, let's talk about Elon Musk. <laughs> how, how meaningful is this? There's so much being written about this that he's gonna be on the board of Twitter. What does it mean for all the other new uh, um, platforms, et cetera? And what does it mean if anything for free speech? So I want everybody's opinion, please. It's yeah. a step in the right direction. It's yeah. not the end of the war. It's the beginning of the war. 
again, it, it, it depends on what he what he does next. Is he going to reinstate Donald Trump and, you know, scores of others who have been banned from Twitter for basically just offering their opinion? I think I, he will. I, I have a um, more moderate uh, thing. Obviously, you can't. Uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Moderate he had a big bowl of moderation. This is all part of the diverse set of opinions that the Conservatarian Exchange offers. But go ahead. Okay, that's right. Uh, obviously, uh, Elon taking an interest in Twitter censorship is good, and he's willing to throw $3 billion at it. That's also good. Um, but the, uh, the Twitter censorship comes from a culture that was either, you know, specifically inculcated by Jack Dorsey or um, just was allowed to grow there. And that culture cannot be changed by a member of the board of directors. I mean, it barely can be changed by a CEO without wholesale firing of people. And that's what it needs. And I don't think he has the power to fire the son of a, oh, excuse me, the son of a gun who is um, the just awful new CEO of Twitter. Now, will Babylon B get their account back, which is what sort of forced, um, Musk into this, I got to do something. Of course they will, because that's what Musk wants. Will Donald Trump get his account back? I don't know. Will Carl Benjamin or, you know, some of these other people who have been banned for no particular reason. I know Vincent James was banned for saying that, the, um, you know, high crime is a result of fatherlessness. That's, that's exact. That's what he was banned for saying. Um, and there, there's a, a whole bunch of people who got banned. Are they all going to get their accounts back? I do not think so. In fact, I think the only way to do that is to uh, appoint a new CEO, fire every single person on the quote unquote trust and safety team uh, without exception, uh, even abolish the trust and safety team, to be honest. And um, only, uh, you know, ban people if they, uh, you know, do personal threats, anything illegal or post, you know, illegal content or something like that. And that's just not, that, if you want to do that, there's Gab. If not, well, Gab, unlike Twitter, Gab does not allow you to post pornography, whereas Twitter does. But um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what to do. You know, it's not, it, it's up on the margins, maybe a little bit on the margins, but not really fundamentally. Apparently, one or two people are already quitting Twitter just to protest, which is fantastic. So if mm -hmm. he accomplishes nothing more than that, it's probably a good thing. But is this a real step towards parallel economy? Um, is it yes. possibly a really big deal? That That's what I'm curious about. Well, I mean, I've been um, writing down like what things, I've been trying to create a list of what things people have been banned on Twitter for, right? And um, people have been banned for, you know, reasonable things like calling for violence against a person or a group, uh, but um, they have also been banned for uh, not using the right pronouns or saying to a journalist who just got left uh, laid off, learn to code, or uh, uh, Bosch Faustin uh, got uh, a ban for um, for uh, talking truthfully about Islam. Uh, people have gotten banned for talking about homosexuality in a non-PC way. They've been banned for discussing uh, racial differences. They've been banned for uh, dead naming trans people. 
um, or you know something like saying Caitlyn Jenner is a ban, things like that. Um, they've been banned for uh, discussing vaccine efficacy. They've been banned for talking about masks. They've been banned for um, complaining about uh, lockdowns, all of the COVID stuff. They've been banned for talking about January 6th. They've been banned for, for uh, you know, saying it's not, it wasn't an insurrection. Uh, they've been banned for uh, talking about people who are uh, imprisoned uh, basically without trial. Uh, for January 6th. So there's all of these topics, uh, not just, um, you know, not, oh, you know, obviously um, racial epithets, they've been banned for doing that. I mean, nobody wants to see racial epithets, but on the other hand, you know, you gotta, uh, you have to see things you don't wanna see if you're going to live in a country with free speech. So um, there must be others, uh, but um, that's a lot of stuff. And uh, Babylon B was banned for um, uh, uh, appointing, uh, what's her name? Rachel, Rachel Levine. As, man of the uh, year. Man of the year, right? That was great. And of course, here's-, here's What about guy. the ban that the New York Post had for running the Hunter Biden story? The Hunter Biden laptop, I hadn't written that down. They were banned for the Hunter Biden laptop. Um, yeah, I mean, Rachel Levine, uh, when she was Richard, uh, he was Richard. Um, you know, uh, husband, father, two kids. When he was high school, he was a linebacker. I mean, and but you know, he always felt really strange. You know, because this is honest to God. This article said that uh, when he was a linebacker, right in high school, when he tackled people, he really didn't want to hurt them, and that made him think that maybe he was like, you know, a man <laughs> all the way back then. Um, of course, it's ridiculous that he, you know, takes hormones and and puts on a wig and calls himself a woman. Um, but that's where we are. And you can't see that. You, well, you I, I, I got to say, thank you. You did not call her. She one time in your little talk about her slash him slash he. So good job. Very good. Okay, and I just put all those in there. So we hopefully won't get banned. Huh? Please yeah. do not say slash him or her. We're going to get accused of violence. I was trying to cover it all. So they didn't Fuck this one too, but I know, but the slash has a very violent connotation. Darn it. Darn it. Mike, you have an opinion on it or a prediction on what's going to happen from it? Uh, I can't really predict. You know what I mean? Is it a positive development? Sure, of course it is, but uh, it really depends on what he's able to do, what he's willing to do, first of all, and whether he's able to execute it. But I think that is a great point about the cultural um, situation there. It's the same thing with the country itself, right? We always talk about politics as downstream from culture and every company and organization has their own culture. So, you know, if they are getting their marching orders from that CEO, and I don't know if uh, everybody out there has seen some of the clips on like Tucker, I mean, the guy's completely un-American. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe in freedom of speech, period. He believes in their authority, and, uh, you know, he, he believes that they're right in banning a lot of these voices. And, you know, listening to get Ed go through all that, it just reinforces the obvious, which is this has made Twitter a propaganda arm of, of, of left-wing thought. They don't want us to have our say at all. Any of our narratives are to be completely shut down. And there's only one 
way to think and it's the left leftist way of thought. Is this kind okay. of bad for like Getter and Gab and the other new platforms? And does that matter? Does it what for them? Is it the going fact? to be bad for these competing ones that are trying to, you know, pop up? And is that it does it matter to anybody? I don't think it's going to have an impact one way or the other. And, you know, I think that somebody said that maybe is this a victory for the parallel economy? And I don't think this implicates the parallel economy at all. Twitter is not parallel. It's part of the old economy. And I think that the more successful Musk is in his changes, the more likely the left is just going to regroup and try and buy the shares back. I mean, they can do their own hostile takeover. Well, they, they can't buy him back if he's not willing to sell them. But what he can... what well, you can do can, a tender offer. I mean, it's a publicly traded company. Well, they can buy the shares he doesn't own, right? They can't buy his shares because they're not for sale. Um, the the well, issue look. The issue is that what's going to happen and what started to happen is him being uh, attacked in the press as, you know, racist, sexist, homophobic, Nazi, transphobic, you know, all of that, um, you know, is going to come out with Musk. They're going to put on the, the most horrific uh, media campaign against Musk that you've yeah. ever seen in your entire life. I mean, it's going to be Trump level uh, craziness. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not entirely sure Elon is ready for that. He kind of does his yeah. own PR. I mean, he does lobby with regard to like Tesla and SpaceX, but he has, he has people to do that. But I don't think he has any people like out there um, lobbying for, for him other than himself, other than his Twitter account. I mean, he, he trolled uh, Zuckerberg today. Zuckerberg posted something and, and uh, Elon, oh, this is on Facebook. Uh, and Elon responded, can I buy Facebook? And, uh, you know, I got an enormous number of, of likes. He only has 10%, though, right? I mean, he, the left can still buy 90% or 80% or whatever. They can still silence him. Oh, yeah, the left has those 90 or 80%. Right, but with as much money as he's just made off of these purchases and his stocks that have just gone flipping through the roof, what's to say he don't just go buy more? Like, seriously, well, now, he just made a crap load of money off well, of it. He's limited, to, he's limited to 14% due, uh, on the agreement to be on the board of directors. Now, well, then course, he takes himself off the board. That's not that hard. Yeah, that's what you would have to do. Yeah, I, he's got I, yeah. money to blow, man. And he's just making money off of these. So, it's, well, he it's, used, you know, I, he did a Twitter poll last year. Right. Should, should I sell $10 billion in Tesla stock? Right. And, and everybody voted on, including me. Right. right. And so he did. And this, mm -hmm. see, he doesn't have any money. No, no rich person has money. But right. now he has money, right? He has whatever, 10 billion minus, uh, you know, probably eight, seven billion to throw at things. Um, and he, he's throwing it at this. So that, that's, that's good. I just think that, I, I just think that the, the real danger of, of, of this purchase is that the, the libertarian anarchist wing of our side is going to say that, the free market is really working. We don't have to do anything about these big tech companies or any of these other big companies. We can just sit back, relax, and wait until the free market comes along and the next Elon Musk buys Facebook or the next one that buys uh, Pfizer or whatever it is. And, and, and it's going to create a, a complacency that I think is totally unwarranted and uh, overstates the significance of this purchase. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I, I Elon is not a conservative. 
he's not like us. He's not a libertarian. He's not. A, he's he's got libertarian leanings. It's just that the left has gone so far outside the realm of humanity that uh, Elon, who's kind of a moderate, seems right wing nowadays. And I think um, he. So does Naomi Wolf. Yeah. Right. Or um, you know the. She's going to well, it, Greenwald. It, it, it's interesting you bring up Naomi Wolf because didn't she have a piece um, a couple of weeks back talking about how, you know, that there are a lot of other wealthy people out there that could be doing good. They could be doing things like Elon Musk is doing, but they're not. And they're effectively looking for sanction for their inaction, that they're not doing anything, that they're on the sidelines and they don't want to take the heat. So, you know, I see Elon as one potential hero. There are probably a lot more potential heroes out there, but I don't know that they're willing to do to do what he's doing and put their necks out on the line and, you know, become targets. You Ed, know, I, I don't know I, if my question was well worded, but that part of what you said at M was part of the question I was asking. What will this mean for other platforms, et cetera? And you're making a good point that will people say, OK, we don't really have a problem. That was kind of part of my question. Okay. And that, and that will be kind of interesting to see what happens. I want to mention the other two big free speech things that are hopping around um, cyberspace right now are Amber Athey, who got fired, I think, from WMAL for asking, what has Brown done for you lately? And instead of referring to a parcel company, she was referring to a brown dress worn by a certain vice president of the United States. And she did not talk about the passage of time, just about the color brown. She got fired for that. And then you probably heard about this attorney in New York who confronted our illustrious His Honor Mayor and was promptly fired from her city job. Did everybody hear about that story? I heard about the second one. I, I used to listen to WML. That was the back when uh, radio existed. Uh, that was a um, the station that Rush was on. So I, mm -hmm. I listened to that all the time. Um, but uh, I, obviously nobody listens to radio anymore, so it's hard to say. Was the second uh, one about the masking? The second one, yeah, she was. Was that she, the masking thing about the the children yeah. in the masks? She she uh, they were taking questions from the press, and she like walked in and and raised her hand and was asked a question, and she asked a real question about how the stupid you know COVID stuff is stupid and being stupid, and he's stupid and everybody's stupid. She didn't use the stupid, but she asked a very difficult question, and. Uh, he answered sort of, and then the next day she was fired from her job for working for the city. Right, and everybody's pointing out, or a lot of people pointing out the irony of this is happening at the same time that his honor is putting money into advertisements in Florida to come back okay. to the unit where you okay. have free speech. Yes, it's got the big gay billboards everywhere in rainbow colors. Oh, oh, can we donate, have more? of those billboards in Florida? Can we donate to have some in Virginia too? Yes, I know. Wouldn't it be so great if Florida was just completely red and all the crazies just left? How wonderful. You guys know that, you know, there's a sister site of the Free State Project that's kind of run by our illustrious leader, our fearless leader called Progressive State Project. And it started a little bit tongue in cheek, but not 100% so. And it was to convince people who hate living in red states or libertarian states to please move out yes. and offering to pay their moving expenses. And I think that's yes. a tiny bit 
of what's going on here with DeSantis and Adams. And I think it's wonderful. If you don't like it there, move here. And if you don't like it here, move there. I think that's the only possible solution for America. I mean, so, I, don't, I don't mind living in a city where everybody says gay, 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 gay all the time. Um, in Jewish, it just means go. And, and I'm used to hearing the word anyway. And I'm stuck here and let people <laughs> in Florida never, never hear that word. I don't know. I've just always wondered because like I had drawn up a map probably three years ago now, whatever. And I've shared it on Facebook a couple of times, but like dividing the country into the blue side and the red side and everybody goes their ways. But I'm just wondering like how long those areas would actually last. Like, I think, I think the conservatives for the most part, they would have the same moral compass that would kind of guide them. But I don't think there's anything that is off limits on the left. And I think they destroy themselves, which then maybe the right could end up having all of it. I don't know. It's interesting because all of the statistics and all of the talk and everything is about is about the states, but the states are kind of arbitrary right now. The, the real thing are uh, metropolitan areas. And if you look at the left, it's this archipelago of little islands all throughout the country. Uh, most I don't even know what that word coast. means. Archipelago, series of islands. Um, and... Uh, and the rest of the country is, you know, more moderate or, or conservative. So, you know, it'd be if you could redraw straight state boundaries, which of course is is what would almost be better than secession. Um, you could redraw them in such a way that, uh, for instance, the more conservative parts of Virginia could be with West Virginia, and the more liberal parts with Maryland, and and they could have their way. And the rest well, that of was country. sort of Tom Kemp's proposal in the his two state solution with you know, separating the country by counties rather than states. Yeah, that would be better. Mm -hmm. but wouldn't, wouldn't that be kind of difficult? I mean, because you, like, I do all my shopping in another county. So the most you, part, you can go to Canada and you can go to Mexico. I think all the counties uh, by you would uh, uh, be uh, in the one rep together. Yeah. Well, and the only, well, Carolina would just. Not, not Buncombe County. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't go that way. I go to Catawba normally. North Carolina, the only bad parts I thought were the Triangle and Charlotte. Is that not true? Tri Buncombe, no. Asheville. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? Asheville's horrible. Yeah, no. Asheville was one of the ones that was giving um, retributions and all kinds of crap. Reparations. When, reparations, I'm sorry. When uh, all the BLM crap was happening. Yeah, so they were giving... Oh, they were giving all kinds of perks. If you were black, you got to get a house with all these different credits because they didn't just hand out checks, but they're like, hey, if you're skin color, you know, we're going to give you like $20,000 towards a home or we're going to do this. So yeah, I will not go to Asheville. I'll go to the surrounding areas, but I will not spend any of my money in Asheville. There's no way in heck. But even sorting into counties and even municipalities to a big extent takes some of the pressure off living with people who hate your guts. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, when I, I get like, I don't spend time on Twitter, but every morning I get a few notices from Twitter from somebody on the right wing. And then I quickly read some of the comments from the left wing. And we're literally not living in the same universe. Right. It, it's so forcing us to live in the same, any kind of unit is horrible. But if we can bring government closer to the people and live amongst those we agree with, at least we have a scintilla of freedom. Yep. So, I mean, Florida needs to jettison a few counties, but. I, um, I noticed that Palm Springs 
uh, has passed an ordinance that will give a, a $900 a month uh, universal basic income to anyone who is trans um, or gender fluid. And I immediately uh, sent uh, Lauren Southern an email saying you should move to Palm Springs. Because they were only starting that with 20 people. Isn't that right? I heard they were doing a trial program with 20 people. Something right like before that. the program, I put on a, another article that said it's just not true. So now I don't know if it's true or not. I heard huh. the same thing. I don't remember where I read the article, but it was only 20 people is what I heard. Yeah, $900. It's trial or it's a study. It, yeah, it's a trial, right? Exactly. I don't know. Of course, that doesn't mean they wouldn't do it. Because Darn it. Can we just, I'm gender fluid. I'm gender fluid. I'll take the money, please. Well, Lauren, Lauren Sagan, the, the journalist, she, for, for laughs, went into the Toronto, uh, um, you know, DMV and changed her sex to, to male. So that's why. Uh, so on her Ontario driver's license, it says, it says male. So I, I think that uh, she could, you know, and, and she would be an illegal immigrant too. So she'd be getting a bunch of other money. <laughs> Much well, more. I know at least one person who did change his insurance um, classification to female, and I really don't know what her insurance company is going to do with it, and especially if the Supreme Court says we don't know what a woman is. What possible um, answer can insurance companies have? I have no idea what the insurance people are doing. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's like no a reason why we shouldn't all call up and say we changed. Well, the thing is, like, so the Department of State, so they've put out, so your passport, you can have an X on it now and all this. Mm -hmm. So like on a serious note, so now there's certain places, I don't remember all the areas, but they're letting you put that on your driver's license at, as gender fluid, whatever the heck. So seriously, now there's a 911 call and they say, hey, you need to be on the lookout. There's a bolo out for X. Like, Am I looking for a man? Like, it's an armed person. Is it a man? Is it a woman? Like, what the heck are you looking for? Like, that they are so dumb that they would not be like, you know what? It's kind of a necessity to know for public safety reasons. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, what, what happens when you go to another country with your passport and they don't see things like the way, the way we do? Okay, mm -hmm. so you're bringing that up. So that moves me to talk about Mr. Orban. Hungary? Yeah. Um, are we following that? And what, if anything, does that mean? But I bring him up because there are going to be countries that don't ascribe to what we're ascribing to. Right. Who wants to take the Hungary story? Adam, you got it? He's the leader of the Western world to the extent the Western world hasn't fully collapsed yet. There was a, an, an amazing uh, press conference this morning um, by Orban that, um, uh, that was covered by a journalist I subscribed to on, uh, on Twitter. And uh, he gave some fantastic uh, answers to various questions. Um, now, of course, I can't find it, but um, you could just read this entire, uh, entire thread and, and see what a good guy he has. Uh, what what he's he's hungry first. That's his thing. He he wants to protect the people of Hungary, and um, you know he was just reelected uh, with a a land landslide, um, and uh, he was asked about uh, the Hungarians who are in Ukraine. He said, "We can talk about this issue later. The most important thing is to keep our cool." 
Um, and uh, he said he was cutting the budget to try and get it uh, you know, into balance. Um, somebody asked uh, about this uh, EU attack on him for quote unquote, uh, breaching the rule of, of law. And he said, uh, if I answer a question in general, we can say that the decisions of the European Commission and the European Parliament are regularly motivated by left-wing political motives. Um, he's just, uh, do you have a plan to uh, expel any Russian diplomats? He says, we do not plan any expulsions and do not support them. I'm not going to expel anyone for political reasons. I'm not going to judge, I'm also not going to judge other European countries for doing so. Um, he, I think you froze, I don't know. Uh, yeah. like Margaret Thatcher with an accent? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, talking about the, the budget. Um, uh, how does the disagreement over the Ukraine war affect Polish-Hungarian relations? He said, this makes relations between Poland and Hungary more difficult. Relations between Hungary and Poland are difficult. The Poles would like to have a no-fly zone over Ukraine. The Poles see this as the right thing to do, and we do not. The Poles want to extend sanctions to gas and oil immediately. Poland has the sea. It can somehow manage its energy supply. Hungary can only get energy from pipelines. If sanctions are imposed, there will be none. There are different Hungarian and Polish interests which do not allow a common policy. Um, so, I, I mean, he's a, he's a reasonable being. You know, he's just, he's thinking about his own people and his own... Um, his own country and what they need to survive. Um, so, I, I, which yeah. makes them an authoritarian. Yeah. <laughs> and I see the press just wants to say, well, he's just, you know, in Putin's pocket, because that's the new yeah. thing. You like, you know, everybody's Putin's puppet. He denounced in this, I, I can't find the actual tweet to read, but he said, you know, the, the Russians are clearly uh, the aggressors and we are against it. And we are standing uh, for them to withdraw and, you know, leave the Ukrainians alone. I mean, he said that. He said, but we're not going to ship weapons uh, to the Ukrainians um, because that's not in our interest. And it was just an amazing, of course, everybody hates him, but it's just an amazing uh, press conference. So well, I, go ahead. Go ahead I was just going to ask, so was his, on your scale, was his press conference worse or better than Barack Obama's yesterday? I did not see uh, Mr. Obama's press conference. It's certainly better than Joe yeah. Biden's press conference. Tell us yeah. what. Uh, I missed it too. So tell us what happened. Did, oh, did it was just. It was just. Up your leg? It was just fumbling. Just, it was just fumbling Joe in the background and everywhere and anything they did yesterday. Uh, spotlight was on Obama and. Biden was just that one in the back, like, are they looking at me? Are they ever gonna look at me? Are they gonna look at me? Like over here, pay me some attention. It was it was just a mess, you know. The fact that they had to bring um Obama to the White House to celebrate a 12th anniversary of Obamacare is just a joke to how poor this administration's doing. And I just think it makes them look even more pathetic that they had to bring in Obama. Dear gosh, it was a joke. Absolute joke. And it's more and more humiliating watching Biden on TV. I mean, oh, I, that's how, if I'm at a foreign country, I'm either just laughing my head off. Well, that's the thing. He was walking around like aimlessly, like, 
anybody want to talk to me? Nobody wants to talk to me. Like, no, like everybody's just laughing it up. Like Obama's all charismatic and everybody's just, ha ha ha, you're so funny. And Biden's just aimlessly in the back. Like somebody please talk to me. Why do you yeah, say it, humiliating? It Steve, why do you say humiliating? Um, because the president in a sense represents and personifies the country and He's, he barely, oh, God help he's us. Barely, no, he's barely there. I just, is this the best America can produce? I mean, no, I've been saying on this show that they're pushing Biden out. More and, and more people are agreeing with you, Ed. And, and I think that that's, that's what the signal was. It's not, it wasn't humiliation. It was get ready to say goodbye. No, it's humiliation towards <laughs> other countries, not to America. And well, Ed, how long do you think he's going to last? I saw the events yesterday and I don't think he can last much longer. Honestly. I mean, that was what a very strong statement. <laughs> what are uh, they going to do? Jettison him after losing the midterms? I well, mean, it's just not no, I, I don't think he's going to make it to the midterms. I, you know, people who've been listening to this show know that I've been saying, I think a big event is coming probably over the summer. And I, I my new theory, and I, I'm sort of still testing it out in my mind is they're trying to push Biden out now and they're going to make Kamala take the fall for the for the crisis that comes over the summer. And that'll be the way they get rid of both of them. But she's still going to be there till 24 anyway. There's nothing they can do about that. Right. I'm no. not so sure about that. What could they, they do? I think these people can do a lot. And <laughs> I think well, there's they, nothing you can do in the sense of impeaching or anything. But you could ask her to leave. At, or you could give her a better job somewhere uh, that pays a ton of money that doesn't do anything. And I mean, could you like take her for a walk? That's vice president or something. Well, no, no. Yeah. I mean, look, the whole reason why the Hunter Biden laptop was suppressed by the by the CIA, by the uh, by the FBI was precisely to have insurance against Biden so that they they could call the day when they wanted to get rid of him. And the Hunter yeah. Biden investigation has been heating up lately. I expect that's really what's going to kick him out of office. I don't know what they have on Kamala, but I'll bet dollars to donuts. They've got all they need already to put in, to put it out in the public and get her gone. The same way that, you know, those those women who were coming up against who, who made accusations against Cuomo, they didn't just suddenly come up with those accusations that December. Those were being held back for the right time. And then when the time was right, they started making those accusations and it took them about 10 months and Cuomo was gone. So I agree that that. they don't like uh, either Biden or Harris, but as I don't see anyone who would be a replacement for either. That was my next question. Who who comes after Kamala? Hillary. No, I mean, I I don't think we know the answer to that. I mean, I took a, a, a wild guess last week or the week before when I said, I think that the, Attorney General of Minnesota is going to be the one who who come who, who's their Ellis. hero. Keith, Keith Ellison, yes. Um, yeah, I don't. I'll, think, I don't think I'll, so. t- I'll take that bet. Okay, well, it's not about taking that bet. I mean, you, you're getting you're taking the field, which is really not a big gamble on your part. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you come up with a name and we'll see who's who's closer? Well, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, if they listen, if they wanted to get rid of Biden, I agree with you 100. percent They have whatever ammo that that they need and really honestly all it would take is just putting pressure on them to say you're out i mean like we want you gone and that i think you'd be gone but you know listen i made a wild prediction a while back that uh 
that sh she would be gone first and then they would replace her with somebody and then he'd be gone. Well, but it's almost like I the whole administration, though. Like, look what they're doing. Like, now they're connecting the Hunter Biden stuff to Ron Klain. Like, everything is, it's, it's not just the top. It's everywhere. And now they're releasing. But remember, these people are these people are revolutionaries. They're not looking to they're looking for a grand reset. So getting rid of the whole administration is not necessarily antithetical to their plans. Right. Well, the way you look at well, it, collapsing well, everything is better for their plans. I mean, what what would be their motivation in getting rid of the two of them, really? Their usefulness they want, has come to an end. Sorry? Their usefulness has come to an end. Okay, but is the goal to, you know, win the next presidential election with somebody else? No, the goal is a revolution. The rebel, the goal is maybe not even have elections going forward. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but these people are not looking to just continue with the republic as it as it's been going with them in charge of it. They're looking to overthrow the republic. Well, see, and I agree with that because I'm listening to Nancy Pelosi as she's going out and she's doing all these press releases or pressers, I'm sorry. And she's, oh, no, we're not worried about losing the house at all. We're not worried about losing the house. And part of me doesn't think that she's just saying that to, like, secure her people. Like, oh, no, we're good. Democrats, don't like, worry. Like, why, I think why, why would she has Kamala some other plan in mind, right, Gina? That's what right. I, that, I that, that's what I think when I hear her say that. Kamala exactly could be right. could be a, a puppet for advancing that revolution. I mean, could be. I'm not, I'm not sure they want a puppet, though, because if they wanted a puppet, they would just keep Biden in place. I think they want somebody who's going to be a real revolutionary to lead the lead the charge. See, but maybe they want to keep that, Biden in place because they're worried. Maybe it'd be AOC. I don't. I mean, she's probably uh, not old be... enough, but you know, somebody along those lines. Hey, maybe, Ilhan Omar. I mean, what the hell? Maybe maybe they'll make Bernie their leader. I don't know. Uh, clearly, they don't want him. No, no. Clearly, the current DNC doesn't want him, but the revolutionaries oh, yeah. want him. Maybe it'll be Warren, Elizabeth Warren. But if the revolutionaries wanted Bernie, they could have had Bernie. Bernie um, I think the revolutionaries did want Bernie and the, the counter-revolutionaries struck back in all united behind Biden. Why would the counter-revolutionaries now want Biden gone then? I'm not sure that the counter-revolutionaries are in control. I think that they've lost. Yeah, I mean, I think there are multiple factions within the Democratic Party, just as sure. the Republican Party, and, and one faction is sort of the justice Democrats, the AOCs, the global warmists, the, you know, complete communism, um, and the other is the keep the money flowing to the billionaires faction, and, and to be honest, I think the billionaire faction um, is in charge, but they pay lip service to the AOC faction. So I think that's the uh, that's the thing is they 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 pay lip service to all of these things, but if you do you real do you really think that they're going to you know do some of the crazy? Look at all the crazy they're doing already. I think that shows that the crazies in the AOC wing are ascendant and and in charge. Let's see, like the wealth tax, right? I mean, AOC wants a you know twenty percent wealth tax on the richest individuals, and Personally, you know, except for Elon, there isn't one of them worth two cents to me. So um, that's never going to pass. <laughs> you know, that's just never going to pass. I don't care how many justice Democrats there are. That's never, ever going to pass. 
because the people who make the money are the ones in charge of the Democratic Party, the real people in charge. So, uh, you know, not if they overthrow the system, Ed. Well, I don't think the people who have billions of dollars want to overthrow the system that gave them billions of dollars. I think the AOCs do, you know, the Justice Democrats to, to pick one faction. But I don't think the Tom Steyers or the Michael Bloombergs or the, um, you know, Bill Gateses want to overthrow the system. They're all Where exactly evil. are those guys. I don't hear those guys in the news at all. I hear a lot about AOC and, and Ilan Omar. I know Bill Gates uh, has been in the news for all of his uh, assistance in the vaccine campaign, which has done such good and has completely mm. stopped all of the infection for uh, coronavirus. I mean, there was a list out there, I forget which article I read, of all the trainees and acolytes of Klaus Schwab. And there are a heck of a lot of them with a lot, a lot of money. I just think that those people that Ed is talking about think that they can control the AOC types, but they can't. And in the end, I don't know if it's if it's already happened, which is what I think, or if it hasn't already happened, it'll happen in the near future that those people will be decapitated. They will be you know, figuratively first and then literally. Uh, I, I think the, the AOC wing of the party is going to take over and is going to give up on those billionaires. That's what they'll do. And the billionaires will give up on the party and the Republicans will become the party of the billionaires again and they thus will win. The Republicans will do what? They'll run what, from prison? There's not going to be a Republican party. I, I, yes, if the government is over, if the, the government is officially overthrown as opposed to it currently being only partially overthrown, then, then yes, that's true. But I think that, uh, I, I, hey. think, I think the people who think the oligarchy that basically controls the United States um, wants to maintain the fiction of a Republican Thing. It's very. It's what Augustus did. It's very effective. Um, rather than to go to like Putin, you know, he went from essentially a very popular elected leader with popular support in his um, in his parliament, the Duma, um, uh, to a dictator immediately. Like just like that, because there's no institutional forces to stop that sort of thing. Um, and it was an interesting, it, it was interesting transformation because everybody called him a dictator, but he wasn't a dictator, he didn't dictate anything. Um, but then as soon as the war started, he, he became a dictator and he did start dictating things. He just made laws by saying so. And there weren't any institutional checks and balances on him. And I think there are still institutional checks and balances on the people who would do that to the United States, especially the people. You know, I, I think the people in the United States are a huge check and balance on. I mean, I just, look, how many, look how many of the liberals, prominent liberals, we named them earlier, the Naomi Wolves and the Glenn Greenwalds, who of course he's a Brazilian, but um, who have moved off of the left because of uh, various uh, civil rights things. I think you're getting more and more liberals uh, moving to the right as, and, and I think at, there's a majority of Americans who still don't want dictatorship. At the risk of injecting an inappropriate Hitler analogy, I think that 
there were a lot of people in Germany in, in January of 1933 who had the exact same thought that you have, Ed, as far as these billionaires, that Hitler could be controlled. We just got to get him in power. And once he gets a little bit of power, he'll, we can sort of control him and he'll shut up. He gets in power and all of a sudden they realize that they were in over their heads. And if they didn't comply with the regime, they were either killed or they had to flee. And I think that's pretty much exactly what's about to happen. Well, I, I, I don't want to be in the position of supporting Hitler, but uh, the <laughs> Hitler was elected by a minority, but you know, like Bill Clinton, he got about Bill Clinton's share of the vote um, because they had a real problem with uh, basically co communist uh, violence. And, and so when he, well, not just communist in, violence, but Nazi violence also, I mean, yeah, yeah. Nazi, well, like you have BLM. Not, not, yeah, there was fights in the streets, but I, yeah. I really think that the vast majority of the people blame the violence. And I think they are right, by the way, on the communists, uh, because the communists were controlled by Moscow. And when he was made chancellor, he, he, uh, you know, had the, whatever it's called, Reichstag, passed this law that gave him dictatorial powers. Um, well, that was after the fire. Yeah, but that was all kind of very much January, February, March, 1933. That, you know, all in that very, yeah, very... The fire happened on February 27th. He got, in, he got appointed right. on January 30th. Right, yes. So within a month of him taking over. I mean, obviously he was looking for a, uh, an excuse, but I think the people, gave, uh, you know, the people voted him the dictatorial powers because they thought it was getting out of hand and he should clamp down on the communists. Now, it's kind of the exact opposite and the communists control the United States. And we can see that anybody who is uh, even vaguely on the right and wants to even demonstrate anymore um, gets thrown in prison. So I, I don't think there's any sort of Hitler analogy here. They don't need to declare a dictatorship because they already kind of have a dictatorship. I mean, that idiot Katanji, Katanji, Katanji is gonna get put on the Supreme Court, I didn't even know what a woman is because the institution, you know, they could have stopped. Um, they could, you know, 1111, the Judiciary Committee stopped the nomination and to get it out of um, the committee. Yeah, the committee that did the motion to discharge. Yes, but that required 60 votes, but they voted to not. No. But they, they only did it on a 53-47 vote. I That's don't know right, because part of the thing they're voting on is to uh, get rid of the 60-vote limit for discharge positions. And they did that because the three Republicans were, uh, you know, were evil. So, it, it, you know, the institutional power is, is still with the bad guys. So I don't think they're going to change anything. They're there spending trillions of dollars, they're getting rich, they're raping the middle class, you know, three yeah, trillion dollars have gone from the middle class to the rich in the COVID. I mean, why would they want a dictatorship? They have a dictatorship. All they need is a new guy like Obama who can get in and say three sentences without being nuts. So Bill, you're still looking at it from the, from the Bill Clinton kind of moderate Democrat view. And I don't think that's what these revolutionary Democrats, how they look at things. I don't think AOC really cares. I think she's all in on tearing down the entire system. I think uh, build back better is a real slogan for them. They really believe that. And it's not just her, she's just the face of it. Um, if anyone's going to be a, a moderating influence, I, I mean, I think Bernie is the one who would pre maybe be the moderating influence. I think he's, 
he, he seems at least steeped enough in American values that he might be the one to put a small break on it. But I don't see, you know, Ayanna Presley, Ilan Omar, you know, all these all these crazies that are in the in the Congress. And and it's not just in the Congress. I mean, how in the world do we have, you know, all these policies about transgender children and and, you know, you know, making, you know, mandating that that parents and schools have to respect it. I mean, we've got such craziness that's being institutionalized as policy that I don't see how how we can say that the, the crazies aren't already in control. And I got to throw I got to throw title 42 into here because yeah. that's going to throw even more chaos into the system beyond right. the unbelievable yeah. immigration chaos we have now. I, I just I don't think that the moderates have, have any say or any voice at all now. And it's just a question of the, the revolutionaries consolidating control and taking full power. That's how I see it. And, and I think Gina hit the nail on the head when she was quoting Pelosi before. I hear I hear Pelosi and, and Schumer and some of these others. It, it sounds very clear to me that they they are, they have a plan that they're not disclosing to take over. That's how it sounds to me. Well, you think there won't be elections or they'll just rig them again? I one or the other. But that's what and it variants, like new variants. There'll be there'll be something that comes along. Because yep. like now you've got this new one that's more transmissible than Omicron or what I don't even remember what the well, heck this. Well, we've got these bio labs in Ukraine. Maybe they'll maybe the CIA will bomb one of these bio labs, blame it on Putin, and release a new virus. Well, what's interesting I, I, is we we, we really haven't talked about the midterms a lot. We're kind of expecting the Republicans to win. We know there's problems with the redistricting that could tamp down their victory this year, but if. If it ends up being a lot closer or they don't take over, say, the House, there's going to be a lot of questions. And I'm just wondering, like, what are we not seeing right now? Because the left always operates sort of in a stealth manner. And those of us on the right don't see it until it's too late. <laughs> you know what I mean? We didn't see totally what they were doing going to the courts the last time and, and upending existing law to get their way. And I'm wondering, what are we missing right now that they're up to to try to thwart what we think otherwise was going to be a Republican victory in November? Uh, I, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Maybe if we are, maybe if the war is dragged out, we're locked in our homes because there's a threat of nuclear war. They won't let us leave the house. And then therefore there's no election something. I don't know. I know that's a stretch. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not as I'm I'm not I don't have the tinfoil hat that our friend Ed has. I, I for instance, like take the Build Back Better. I don't think they had any intention of passing it um, of five trillion dollars or whatever it was. I think I think that was the opening bid to to satisfy the the far left, and what they really wanted to pass was the you know two trillion dollar thing that had all of the handouts that they, they really wanted. And they figured if they opened with five, they would negotiate themselves down to a uh, down to two. I, you know, I do, I, I in, in some sense, I believe that um, what's his name, Senator Manchin, he didn't want to do that in cinema. They didn't, they didn't want to do five trillion. I, I think that's true. But I think if there was an actual vote, a real vote where everybody just voted their consciences, I don't think, I think half the democratic maybe more than half, would, wouldn't have voted for five trillion. Um, 
because they, you know, they know it's crazy. But two trillion—that's that's their sweet spot. So I think they want. I think they really wanted that. Um, so you, you got it. Nobody introduces a bill that everybody knows is not going to pass. What's the point? I mean, you can do it for show, like the Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, impeach Obama or, or impeach Biden thing. I mean, you know, that's four, fine. But four years ago, AOC introduced the Green New Deal with Ed Markey. And, you know, four years later, they're implementing it. They got one, I think they had one person to vote for it. Well, they're backdooring all of that. Remember the Green New Deal, it was not about green. It was about, quote unquote, climate justice. It's throwing money at minorities and and gay people and whatnot. And they haven't done that. They, They did a lot of COVID stuff, which threw money at people. But they haven't, like done the climate justice part and that's the one they want they want the equity well, i mean they're pushing that now uh after the in the aftermath of the war here you know they, they're doubling and tripling down on the whole idea of green green energy wind and solar and everything like that so yeah uh, they haven't given up on it. And they're also, Gina, you're, you're muted. I don't know. If yeah. I, I was just thinking out loud. I was like, I want to see how far solar tanks go. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> but, you know, they're also going to use the regulatory regime to push a lot of this stuff. And they're also going to do it by executive fiat, like Biden's already done. So. Ed M, you don't think there's enough of a backlash of normalcy to fend this off? Call it the DeSantis backlash, the moms protesting Disney, the you know Naomi Wolf, et cetera, et cetera, crowds. I don't understand your question. There's sure there's a big backlash, but if they find a way to impose martial law, how are we going to vote on it? I mean, and before you say that's tinfoil hat, they locked us in our houses for. A year over a year. I don't. I don't put anything past these people right now. I think they constantly are trying to push the envelope, push the Overton window, and if they could lock us in our houses for as long as they did under COVID, well, they can do almost anything at this they, point. They they locked us in our houses because I think they were taking advantage of the goodwill of the American people, right? I mean, you know, obviously from our perspective. We have a different point of view. We understood about liberty and and how they were infringing on it. But from a moral perspective, they were tugging at people's heartstrings. Don't don't you care about your fellow man, right? And they'll release a virus. They'll create a financial crisis. They'll create a war. That's what I was thinking was the whole war thing. And I'm just thinking nuclear, like don't go outside. Everybody's got to be on a curfew. We're in martial law. This is going to happen. Can't go out of your homes. And if you want to stay safe, Stay in your home. Stay I don't know if they'll have the moral support for that, though. I mean, if, if Mike, if Mike, Biden, the only part I disagree with you is moral support was half of it, but there was also J Sixers in jail was the other half, and pictures of Australia is the other half, and we're pretty cowed. Okay, but if Biden gets us into a hot war with Russia, you think he's going to have the support of the American people? I think he's. I don't know if the American. People. I don't think so. I think he's going to get us into a hot war with China over Taiwan. I don't think we're going to wind up in a war with Russia. I think he'll scare gonna, people to stay in their homes. Because with, we, no we matter would, what he's. We would beat Russia in a war, but we wouldn't. We might not beat China in a war. And the goal for them is for us to lose, not to win. 
But again, the point is, I, I don't know what beat will, Russia will, in they, the war will they have the beat. support of the American people to give up their liberties and to use a crisis like that? To I do, think they're I'm just going to point a gun at you, and they're not. It's well, that's not different. Be that's a, that's different than what happened with COVID. Then, not How really. Different? Different. I don't think it's okay. different at all. Not not totally. Okay. Yeah, they they pointed guns as well, but you know, I I think there was a little there's there was more of a moral argument, if you will. You know, to get people, 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 to you, you had a large segment of the population thinking, I'm doing the right thing by my right, fellow man, and I'm going to put that, that on. They, huh? thought that be- they thought that because they were paralyzed by fear. So if there's a threat- No, war, I, think so, I think some people actually believe they were doing the right thing by other right, people. Right, ste- because they were fed something so much that they were scared that they were going to pass something to their neighbor if they didn't put the mask on, or they were going to get something if they didn't put the mask on. Right. Because they were scared. That's why they did it. It wasn't. And what if what if they create a financial crisis and institute a digital currency that prevents you from buying food, prevents you from buying gasoline, prevents you from prevents you from doing anything if you don't toe the line? If you try and object to what they're doing, they'll just shut your debit card off and you won't be able to live. They won't even need to lock you in your house. You'll just starve to death. You know, to go back to New York, the the mayor who promised to unmask two to four year olds just said, well, we got new statistics in and we're not going to do that. And guess what? Nobody has any power against that. He's going to do it. So we're just as powerless as we were before, aren't we? But where's the courage? That's the thing. Like these parents, where's their courage, man? Serious. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Because Kamala Harris was just there in D.C. touting herself around with all these kids wearing the mask, smiling like they, they don't even care anymore. Like they they don't care to show their hypocrisy. None of it. You know, well, why should they care when J6ers are still in jail? Why should they care? They, that's what I'm saying. As I've it's, said many times on this show, the hypocrisy is is intentional and right. it's designed to humiliate us. Right. It's designed it's to remind us for sure. there's nothing you can do about it because they really is like it. Huh? There really is nothing we can do. We would all be with the J6ers. That's why I think that's so important to them. It's frustrating. Yeah. He thinks he should be in charge of everything. He, he wouldn't be worse. No, no, I would definitely vote for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we don't discuss the immigration thing, but we are literally being flooded, literally being invaded. Supposedly, all the states are having people shipped to them. And it's just, to me, it reminds me of what Ed M keeps saying about, you know, chaos and collapsing the system. While we're talking, you know, another 50,000 people walk in and take residence in one of our cities and take our money and start voting in certain places, et cetera. And I, there was a good article, I think it was Daniel Horowitz, who wrote a good article about states really, really need to pick up their game. And what's interesting yep. is, like I said, with Abbott winning again another four years, why should he change his game? He can just keep talking and he won anyway. Amen. So, Well, we keep waiting for Republicans to change their ways. And Well, no, I don't know. If we, I don't know if we, we, 
they keep letting us down. You know, we keep sort of hoping. Well, they're not letting us down. How many of us are shocked that Romney and Murkowski are going to vote for it? We're shocked. That's what I was about to say. I mean, come on. Shocking. Completely shocking. And the establishment will fight for them anyway, so. But the good news is hopefully them nice people of Utah will not vote for Romney again. Well, they did uh, it once. So why wouldn't right. they? Well, the only reason I'm thinking only reason I'm thinking now is because this is the opportunity to overturn Roe versus Wade. And with all of the different things that are going to be coming along with that, that the Mormon community and because there's a lot of conservatives in Utah that they would be finally fed up with that. You well, think Utah they're going to have a primary. Utah has a convention system, so the voters aren't going to be the ones who decide to turn them out. It's going to be at the convention. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's, it's amazing how they have certain things rigged in so many different states, like the open primaries in different states. They just have a way of winning in each state a different way, but they have a way. And, you know, the best we oh. get is a rhino. In, in New Jersey, we have something called the line. And basically, the party bosses just give that first column to the candidates of their choice, pretty much. And if you're not in, uh, in that first column, if you don't have the line, your chances of winning just plummet. But how do you get the line? You get, you get the, the, the ring. Party. Yeah, you kiss the ring. You get the party bosses are, are uh, on your side. So now when you say yeah. party bosses, are you talking about like whoever is the head of the GOP for the yeah, state? So, well, it, it's county, county by county. Okay. County by county. It's not always necessarily the one officially in charge, is it? What do you mean? I mean... You're, you're, you're talking about your theory of there's always somebody behind the scenes. No, no, listen, everybody kisses Al Sharpton's ring and he has no office whatsoever. I'm saying the power isn't necessarily the guy in office. I, no, I, I don't know. I mean, in New Jersey, it tends to be the county chairman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they get there by. By winning an election at the county uh, county convention. convention. Yeah. I mean, this this goes back to when even um, when the Tea Party became a huge thing, the focus really should have been overtaking the party apparatus instead of you know, doing all the rallies and all that kind of stuff, right? If you really wanted to get something done, when you you had that motivation, that movement going on, that would have been the best thing they could have done was to oust all the establishment power brokers and take over the party. So how do you feel about that precinct strategy business? That whole project to take over every precinct? You don't know what I'm talking about? Explain. Oh, it's a famous guy. There's a website. It is, I can't remember the guy's name. He's on Bannon a lot. Is mm-hmm. it precinctstrategies.com or something like that? Something like that. And it's literally get involved at the very lowest level, get elected to you know the most local committees, and you take it over precinct by precinct, and then you can oust all these county leaders, et cetera. Well, that's how it is like right now. So I think across the United States, there's 400,000 precincts and literally maybe 200,000 of them are occupied by precinct chairs currently. Right. And that's what they're saying. And all you have to do is get involved and you can take over so many of these things. Well, you, I mean, you can't 
take over, but you can vote certain things within your executive committees. That's where the precincts, because they'll have a vote, and which every GOP is going to have their own plan of organization. But that's where that comes into is um, voting who you may endorse in the primaries, things that you're going to do through your county, who gets your support, all that different kind of stuff. But yeah, precincts definitely can play a huge role when it comes to the votes, depending on the plan of organization. Yeah, it's, it's precinctstrategy.com. Yeah, yeah, because it depends. So a lot of counties will have the precincts, for example, the precinct officer will have an ex facto vote. So they can come to the meetings, they can do all kinds of stuff, but they do not have a vote. Like their vote does not count. Because then you run into a whole bunch of Democrats that have switched to Republican and they're getting in as precinct chairs. Now you got 30 of them when you only have 12 executive members and they overrule the executive committee. And now you've got a whole bunch of Democrats in charge. So that's not always a good thing either. Okay. (laughs) Just just saying. Everybody talk about what we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about. And then we'll wrap up. Gina, you're on top of my screen. I'm just going to go with the continuing failure of um, Disney. That that is, They are still my loser. And I am so happy to see people actually canceling their trips, not just talking. Oh, Oreo is a loser to whoever owns, who is that, Nabisco? What's with Oreo? What is that? So they have released their woke commercial now, um, which they had been doing like a whole bunch of special. My dog is driving me crazy right now a whole bunch of like special rappers with Lady Gaga and all kinds of crap on it. The last two years, they've been going nuts. However, now they've got, you know, this commercial, a kid is coming up to his grandma and dad over an Oreo or whatever the heck it was. Like, it's just, God, it's just ridiculous. So I always buy generic ones anyway, because the food line ones taste just like Oreo and they're a lot cheaper. So I will continue that. Um, so, but I'm happy to see these parents, they're canceling Disney trips. They're actually putting their foot down to Disney, um, plus and all their different subsidiaries, whatever. So Disney's a bigger loser this week than they were last week. And I hope it continues. That's it. Okay. Adam, you're next on my, one of my squares. <laughs> well, I, I have a, a couple of points and they're all they're all related to Ukraine. I thought we were going to spend a little more time talking about Ukraine because a lot of things happened there this week. Um, one thing was the, the release of that alleged uh, war crimes that they're alleging are against the, the Russians. Um, I forget the name of the town. It's Bucha. Bucha. Yeah, it started with Bucha. a B. I didn't remember how to pronounce it. Um, Ed, Ed Powell and I and, and some others in a, in a private group have been debating about that during the last week. And uh, it just seems to me like it's like it's a made up, well, not a made up story. I think the people are dead, but um, the, the story is that the, the Russians controlled an area, committed apparently committed war crimes, withdrew from the area, but left the evidence of the war crimes there for everybody to see. And then the Ukrainians move in and they and they find these war crime, alleged war crimes and blame the Russians. And that that just doesn't ring true to me. Uh, if the Russians did commit those kinds of war crimes, A, they would hide, they would cover it up just to prevent themselves from being accused of war crimes. And B, you don't commit war crimes when you're trying to win a war and then show it to the enemy. Because if, if they really did that, that would lead the Ukrainians to realize, well, there's no, they're not taking prisoners of war. They're going to kill us all. 
So we have to fight to the last man. So there's no way it makes sense to me that the Russians would do that. And then on the flip side, it just seems like a, a perfect CIA type operation to, to try and uh, frame the Russians with something that they didn't do. Um, you know, I don't know if it was the CIA. I don't know if it's the Ukrainians themselves, but the whole thing smells to high heaven. Uh, I think the whole Ukraine war, I've, I've said from the beginning, smells to high heaven. It's, it seems like to me, it's a, a U.S. operation. Um, in many respects, I see Ukraine almost like the Spanish Civil War in, in the 30s. Um, and I think that the, the bad guys are all aligning on one side. And, and by bad guys, I mean the people that have been lying to us about COVID, it, taking away our liberties. Um, and, and I just, I don't believe anything that these people are telling me about uh, alleged Russian atrocities. I just don't believe it. Um, so that's, that's one story. Uh, the other one is, is regarding the, the siege of Mariupol. Um, apparently there's a um, some big compound that's that's within that city and um it, we don't know exactly what's under it but um I, I heard i read a story that a friend forwarded to me about uh some french french named general i think his name is coudier uh maybe ed knows about it and and could add to that part of the story um we don't know if he was just training russian uh ukrainian troops or uh, possibly they were, they're, they're trying to protect some sort of secret clandestine organization or operation. That's, that's apparently be, it's a city underneath the city. Um, whether it's more bio labs or something more nefarious than bio labs, I don't know. Um, and I don't think anybody knows right now, but I think that's a good story to keep an eye on. Uh, I think that the general story from Ukraine is that the, the Western powers have been doing really, really, really nefarious, bad things in Ukraine. And they're trying to hide it and cover it up. Um, and they're trying to use a war. I think they thought that, the, that a war would be part of their nefarious games that they would use to try and uh, punish Putin. And uh, relatedly, or not relatedly, but also uh, clamp down on their own populations. I, I, I don't trust the Western governments or the Western media at all, especially on anything coming out of Ukraine. So those are the stories that we didn't discuss that I thought we might. Well, I just wanted to say, I am in just about 100% agreement. Everything seems so staged and scripted. It's like a wonderful movie that's playing out. It's like they've taken a, a scene out of the Mexican drug cartels and what they've done down there at the border for years. And like, oh, let's just pop that into what's happening in Ukraine and then it'll be war crimes. So yeah, I, th I think it's, I, I'm right with you there, 100%. Well, where am I going to go from here? Uh, I, don't I have totally my, disagree. No, I <laughs> don't have my tinfoil hat, so I don't really, I'm not really ready to uh, do that. The, um, the Russians uh, kill people. Um, they've killed. Pe they killed lots of people in um, in Chechnya. Um, lots of people, um, civilians. Um, they they killed lots of civilians in in Syria, and uh, they're killing lots of people. Lots of uh, civilians in um, in Ukraine. The 
you know, the satellite photos had shown the bodies were in the streets before the um, Russians left. So, I mean, it, it certainly wasn't the CIA. I mean, CIA can't, CIA is basically incompetent. They're not going to pull off some like murdering 350 civilians. Um, I don't know why the Russians did it. There is like there was a famous, there's a famous photograph of um, a bicyclist, uh, you know, just falling, having fallen down and, you know, dead on the street. And they actually have uh, drone footage of that, um, of him being killed. And I, you know, I, they're trigger happy. I think the Russians are a little bit trigger happy. They're in enemy territory. Every male is a potential threat. I don't think necessarily the killing of the guy on the bike, he came around a corner because you could watch it if you want. He came around a corner and uh, APC, a Russian APC saw him and fired at him and he got killed. Um, so while well, that looks bad, you know, the Russians are very touchy and they didn't know whether he had an ATGM, so they, they killed him. Um, what was more, um, you know, worrying and was attested to by a lot of people in um, you, in Bucha that I saw being interviewed um, with subtitles, of course, is that when the Russians were about to pull out, they, they went around and, and killed a lot of the men. And, uh, you know, some had been killed before, some had been killed in bombing, some had been killed in, um, uh, in the fighting, uh, but when they pulled out, they, they killed, uh, you know, at least a hundred, maybe more uh, people, and, and a lot of them with their hands tied behind their back. And this is, you know, multiply attested, multiple independent witnesses. There's aerial footage of the bodies that were there. I mean, you know, if you, if you, if that's not evidence to everybody is, you know, if it's all fake, it's all fake, then I mean, then we're in moon landing you know, conspiracy. Life. But is there, but is there evidence of them sitting there cutting out their tongue? Like, do you have that? Do you have evidence of the Russians dragging them? about cutting out but, their tongue? Well, but that's the things that they're saying they did. So these Russians that are there in a war territory have plenty of time to go cut out these people's tongues, to go drag their bodies, to throw them, to even dig these ditches for the dead. Well, you they know, didn't to dig go the graves. The people in Bucha uh, said that they were made. The, the civilians were made. They, I haven't heard the cutouts. I'm, you know, oh, yeah, there, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Atrocities this... are made. Ukrainians are doing atrocities too. Um, right. Well, that's but... what I'm saying because this is like everything that I've heard of the cartels doing for years that has been like nothing. That's what's happening in Ukraine right now. Yeah. The other and... thing is like they have mercenaries, you know, the, the Russians have mercenaries and they're not nice people. Uh, the, the uh, it's, quite possible that um, the regulars were more disciplined and they brought in, you know, FSB to control the local population. I mean, that's, that's certainly possible. There's uh, certainly, you know, so much photographic evidence that they will find, you know, it's, it's unbelievable to me how good the open source intelligence analysis is right now, figuring out, you know, exactly what equipment it is, exactly what unit it's from, um, whether it's on video or or whether it's destroyed, it's just it's just unbelievably interesting to someone who's been working in the military for many years uh, how much real time evidence we're getting. And I got to tell you the the Russian attack on Kiev is 
the most colossal military disaster to befall the Russian army since Operation Barbarossa. That they have, it would, they lost basically one whole combined arms army, which is like an American Corps, and half of another one. It, it, it was, it's just a disaster. Um, and now they're shipping the remnants over to the east to fight uh, in the Donbass. And I, I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the unit cohesion to, and or the logistics to pull it off. So I think the Ukrainians are, you know, in the process of defending, it looks like the Russians are going to leave Kherson in the south. And so leave the Ukrainians entirely in possession of the west bank of the Dnieper River. Um, Russians are trying, just throwing forces down this road in, um, in a, you know, Luhansk province between Izium and Slovyansk, in a sense, trying to overwhelm any forces. And they're running into some bitter fighting. And I, I don't know what it's going to do. They're just throwing people in. And I do feel sorry for these poor Russian soldiers because they, they were not told they were going to war. They were not trained for this kind of war. They don't have any logistics because the railheads are so far away and they've got to bring it up by truck and the trucks are being hit by partisans with ATGMs. It's just, it's just a disaster. They may throw enough forces to, you know, get some sort of a cauldron, but um, I, I think it's just a, it's just a disaster for the Russians. Now I've been told that Putin wants a victory by May 9th, which is the, you know, VE day for the Russians. And uh, I don't know who's going to get it. I mean, he's, he's lost so much. He's, you know, probably, it's probably lost a third of the forces that he put in, equipment and men. I mean, that, that's an amazing casualty. I mean, the United States would never take such casualties. Um, what so, happens if he doesn't get his victory? I don't know. I mean, I don't think, Putin, I, I think Putin is, it was very, very deluded uh, when he decided to go into this. Um, particular catastrophe um, that there was going to be a, a quick win. Um, and if I don't think he wants to end the world uh, because uh, he doesn't get his, his will, um, I don't know. I think there's a, a substantial chance that the Ukrainians are going to beat back this attack and, and throw them back into, uh, into Russia. I don't know. Now, getting to Gina's point, um, there's a report, this just came over. There's a report in Florida, Florida lawmaker to ban transgender drugs surgery for minors, new proposed law. And Lauren Chen, who I got this from, uh, said, it's funny how quickly the discourse surrounding trans kids went from, of course we're not giving them drugs and surgery to how dare you stop us from giving them drugs and surgery. I thought that was good. So we, we uh, have some pushback by our based governor in Florida on this, hopefully. And we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think, you know, the, the um, Florida parental rights and education bill, which bans discussing sex with eight-year-olds and five-year-olds to eight-year-olds, I think that's going to be attacked by the Justice Department. I think it's going to be attacked in the courts. I think there are probably liberal justices who are going to overturn it as some sort of a violation of the civil rights of the <laughs> trans five-year-olds to hear about their uh, teacher's uh, weekend sex rob with their same sex couple. Um, but I think, you know, we got to keep fighting and 
and uh, DeSantis seems to be the only one to fight. I mean, the, the thing <clears throat> that's coming in, in 2024 is we, I hate to say this, I love Trump, I really do, but we've got to prevent him from winning the Republican primary and get DeSantis in there because there's a guy who's not only as based as Trump, but is actually effective at getting things done. So that's all I have to say. You think that you think that DeSantis will run against Trump, or do you think that he'll defer if Trump runs? Right now, he's not running against Trump, but there are people who are telling him you got to do this. I think, I think he's got, got more power as a governor. I think he needs to stay put. I think we and still then... have another twelve to fifteen months, maybe twelve to eighteen months of more stories about how awful the vaccines are to come out and, and Trump has saddled himself with the vaccines. Yeah, if I had five or 10 minutes alone with DeSantis, because he's really smart and he's really up on the data, I would say, come on, Ron, you know these vaccines don't work. And, uh, and they've been overhyped and there's all of this, there's all of these adverse events that are really serious, especially among young people. I mean, when are you gonna say that? That would be my one sentence. If I had five minutes, that's what I would say. We need somebody to come out and say that. Mike, you're yes, clean up. No, no, I'm good. I'll put the fur on my time. I know we're uh, running kind of late here anyway. Okay. So we had two uh, North Carolinians, neither of whom mentioned UNC versus Duke. Oh, who won? Neither. Well, UNC won the right? UNC. Duke. Well, it, it mattered to our family because my son in UNC was part of a legal motion given to the professors to push off the due date for their final paper because of the game and the professors gave in on it. Therefore, I had to know. And they actually got an extra day if UNC would win. So I thought it was all quite clever. And UNC lost in the final and I don't ever follow college sports other than that. So, okay, so, so UNC won in the semifinals and then lost. They beat Duke, which they, was the important game because they hate Duke. That, that was one of the great games in recent memory. Uh, it was like a, a heavyweight fight. What, one fighter hitting, uh, taking their shot, and the other one hitting right back. And wait, it was, wait, wait, it was wait, just wait. a fantastic game. I got I to gotta say something real quick because we were talking about Abbott a minute ago, and then we can get off of here. So... Oh, I just lost the article. So Texas is going to begin busing the illegal immigrants caught entering the state to Washington, D.C. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, there, so Abbott's doing something good right there. So he just had a press conference and announced that. That is wonderful. And that's in response to the lifting of the Title 42. That's great. Right. That's so the question wonderful. will be to ask our friends in Texas, is that Abbott posturing or was it really, really do anything? And by the way, they don't have to let them in D.C. They'll just drop them off uh, near where Ed lives. Yeah, that'd be great. So <laughs> we, could, we could use a few more liberal votes down there. Okay, folks, well, that we're going to wrap up because okay. way over time unless somebody has to say something. Play ball. Here you oh, go. Right. Opening, opening day tomorrow. I know you're excited, Stephen. Oh, yes, I love the Mets. Okay. <laughs> with that, we'll wrap up. We'll be up as a podcast on all your favorite platforms within a hopefully within about an hour. And please send feedback on the show to the Conservatarian Exchange at libertyblock.com. We thank you for being here today and have a wonderful evening.